Hello, and welcome to a mini, mini baby episode of From the Pitch to Purpose. I am so excited that you're here, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about an experience that I just had, and just it was kind of wild, so I thought I'd, you know, give you an insight of how sometimes it feels to be a 30, how old am I? A 35-year-old widow, so sit back and relax for the next, I don't know, eight minutes or so, and just listen to a really crazy thing that just happened to me. Um, I, I've had a friend for a really long time. We've known each other more than half our lives. And we just recently had this altercation. But it, it, it really brought out a lot of things. So I haven't talked much on this podcast yet about my, you know, myself in my current state. You've heard a little bit about me as a kid or just the last couple of years. Um, but my current state is I am a 35-year-old mom, widow, former professional soccer player, um, writer. I'm all those things and, and I'm so proud of you know who I get the opportunity to be every day for my daughter, for myself, for my family. I... I get to be a lot of good things. I'm a, I'm a friend. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I I love it. I love my day to day life. But in reality, I'm still I'm still deep in the throes of grief. I'm still, you know, waking up every day, and I have to choose my happiness. I have to choose that I'm going to live my day to the fullest. And I know that. That is not specific to me because of my situation. I know that's something that everybody has to do every day. I think my situation just means that there are huge things that have happened to me, traumatic things in the last couple of years that have happened to me that have really put a damper on my happiness or the ease of which I find that happiness. But I also get to wake up and I get to see my daughter every day. I get to, um, I'm right now I'm, I'm with my mother I we live in a three generational home and I get to see her and I also get to see my mother and my daughter together and I think it's a really beautiful thing. So when these new things happen that bring up different sides of my grief, like what just happened this past week is I had a friend who wanted to give me advice and tell me how it looks from her perspective about my healing journey. She mentioned a phrase that really... Um, it actually really stung. She said the phrase, you have to get past your husband's death. Uh, I've been told this in other ways. I've been told this in kind ways. I've been told to move through my grief. That's a very kind way to say what she was saying. I've been told to, you know, move forward in my life. That's also a very kind way to say what she was saying. But she expressed it as, I... I'm stuck in my grief or she expressed it in a way that showed that I was glamorizing my husband and that he was not as you know amazing as I say that he was and I'm romanticizing this version of my husband that didn't end up at the end to be true and for those who do not know and this is really kind of I don't know that I've publicly talked about this in this way but my husband actually passed away of a drug overdose and that's something that's part of a mystery that a lot of people still just don't know. I don't talk about it. There's a lot of 
you know, negative connotations. There's a lot of really negative feelings towards that way of passing because it gives people the illusion that he had a hand in his own death. And it's a lot of the same social stigmas and negative stigmas that someone who loses their life by suicide also have. It's um, people often treat you like with a little bit less sympathy. And I don't mean that people aren't sympathetic that I lost my best friend, that I lost my child's father, everything. But I know that when they hear the cause of it, the cause of his passing wasn't cancer. It wasn't um, a car accident. It wasn't, it was tragic in its own light, but it wasn't out of his hands, out of his control in the same way that being diagnosed with cancer or being hit by a car would be. There's a hint of less sympathy given. And that's one reason why I don't often tell. And also there's, an, uh, it's almost like a judgment that it's very subconscious for people. They they might relate him to a drug addict that they knew. They might relate him to the people that they've seen on TV that do drugs. They might relate him to the friend that they heard, you know, their friend that did drugs. Or even a young mindset of, you know, not really knowing better you know it's it's a very it's a very complex feeling for people when I tell them oh my husband passed away and so I don't often say that it happened during COVID which I know more people that I've spoken to about COVID and the things that it had done to their family have also expressed that they you know friends of theirs had relapsed or had those big things happen because COVID rocked everybody's world. It was very, very traumatic for many families. And a lot of people, it was their first time having to be in a home and having to keep their minds occupied. And for my husband, he he was a welder. So he worked with his hands. He moved every day. He His, his work was very tedious for his body. It was a labor job. So he, when, first off, we were going to have a child. So he was already going to be, at home, not working, but we had all of these hopes and dreams for when my daughter was born. We were going to take her to swim classes. We were going to take her to, you know, mommy and daddy meets and everything. And we couldn't even do Lamaze classes. The whole world shut down while I was pregnant. And a lot of these huge, exciting things we wanted to do with our daughter travel, you know, during our parental leave, we couldn't do them. And that's a really scary place for someone who already fights demons in their mind to be in. And so when someone gives me the advice to move forward, to move on, it's not, first off, it's not helpful because that's not how grief works. And if you've said this to someone, rest assured that if that person knows you and loves you, I know that they've received what you said and it might have made them uncomfortable in the moment, but we all know that it's a really, really hard thing to talk about grief and death and loss is really hard to talk about and we often know like I have learned very quickly that it's something people don't know what to say to you about so do not beat yourself up if you've said this to me or anything of this sort to me or to someone else who's grieving but I will say this situation with my friend wasn't full in a way because it had a lot of assumptions surrounding it so one of the things that we actually talked about or that she was trying to bring to my attention was that my husband might not have been a good person and again 
I understand that when we hear someone is an addict or we hear that someone struggles with addiction in movies, in a lot of ways, we truly, it the person looks like a bad person. But unless you've actually loved someone who battles this horrible disease, it's really hard to understand that the one person that wants them to be sober and clean more than anyone is themselves. And that addiction is actually a symptom of, you know, maybe their depression, maybe their anxiety, maybe they have a a bigger, you know, mental instability, mental illness. And so when you've loved someone who, who struggles with addiction, your whole perspective of all of this will change. And him and I, we had a very beautiful and intense and deep love and no one can tell me otherwise. Uh, no matter what people might assume happens in an addict's mind, in my situation, my husband fought so hard. I mean, so hard, you guys, to stop the demons from winning. And that is why they call it a battle with ad- addiction. That's why, you know, they call it, you know, a fight. It's really a fight, and it's not a fight that you win or lose. It's a fight that you endure. It's a fight that you you have. And, you know, I fought too. I never once took any drugs, but I struggled with his addiction. I struggled with addiction because it affects every fiber of your life. It affects the people who love you's life. That, for my husband, was the part that was too much for him to handle. He couldn't handle how much he was hurting me. He couldn't handle that he might one day maybe possibly hurt our daughter. He didn't feel worthy enough to be her father. He was scared that his demons would hurt her, hurt, you know, her future. He, it was just more than what people understand about addiction. Um, and again, this is not a blanket statement. None of this is a blanket statement. This is my experience with my husband, things that he had told me, things that I watched, things I experienced firsthand. But when you're speaking to someone who has lost in this type of tragic way or traumatic way, I just implore you to offer them grace for one and have an understanding that grief is not linear. Have an understanding that There are days where it's going to seem like they just lost that person and there will be a number of different reasons why that is. In my case, just last week, I had a dream in which my husband was alive and died again in that dream. To be honest, it started so many of my initial reactions to grief. I bargained with God again. I kind of went into shock and it rocked my world a little bit. But the cool thing about you know, the work that I've done with so many of these amazing mentors that I've had and therapy and, you know, truly digging in deep to make sure that I don't pass this trauma onto my daughter is that I got through it a lot quicker than I did a year ago. So they always say that, you know, things get easier with grief. And I don't know that that's really true. I just think that you get stronger and you also figure out ways to cope in a different way. That's not necessarily easier. You still feel the feelings as heavily and sometimes even heavier because you're more aware of what life is truly like without that person. What was really, really amazing about this last experience was that I I had answers. I I could combat what this person was saying to me 
against actual reality you know me knowing that my husband was in fact amazing this man was one of the best people i've ever known and the fact that he had this horrible thing inside of him had nothing to do with how good he was so there's a little message for my daughter say be nice be nice be nice be nice apparently we're doing it as a duet <laughs> Um, thank you so much for B. listening today. Nice. B. Nice. B. Go tell someone they're awesome today, right, Freya? Mm-hmm. Go be nice. Go be nice. Say go, go be nice. Good job, mamas.